Welcome to The World in 10, your daily roundup of the biggest stories from around the world as seen through the eyes of the Times of London. I'm Eleanor Shearwood. And I'm Rosie Wright. Today, there are fears for patient safety as junior doctors in England walk out. There is a huge security operation underway as Northern Ireland prepares for President Biden's visit. And how humans may no longer have the creative edge over AI. All of that and more in the next 10 minutes. The most disruptive strike action to ever hit England's health service began this morning when junior doctors started a four-day walkout. They want a pay rise of 35%. The government says that's unaffordable. Clearly there's been a significant impact now on the public. They've been told not to take unnecessary risks, to think twice before going to A&E. And what we're facing then is cancelled appointments, hundreds of thousands of them, delays to cancer care... All of this exacerbating what is an already saturated waiting list of 7 million people who need some form of treatment. Professor Stephen Powers is the medical director of NHS England. He gave us an idea of the extent of the disruption the strikes are causing. It's four days. It's coming after a long bank holiday weekend. A few weeks ago, when we had three days of strike action by junior doctors, we saw over 175,000 appointments and procedures having to be rescheduled. So my expectation is that we will see more and perhaps considerably more than that this time. But junior doctors say this isn't just about pay. The difficulties we've already mentioned earlier and the risk this poses to patients is also a factor, as we've heard from one junior doctor who's striking today, Ashlyn Macklin-Doherty. For many of us, this is about working in an NHS that is collapsing, that is not delivering for patients, where we feel handcuffed in not being able to provide safe levels of care now all year round. And this is about really sending a message to the government that we won't really put up with this anymore. The net result of this has been a bit of an exodus of doctors. They're being tempted by promises of sun, sand and increased salary. There's been a population surge in Australia and in part that uptick is because Britain's doctors are moving over there. And some states over there have been deliberately targeting doctors. And as Bernard Lagan, the Times correspondent in Sydney, told us, it's working. A lot of the people who come from the UK say they're interested in the outdoor lifestyle and that kind of thing. But others will tell you, doctors particularly, that they believe that the Australian health system is better staffed and better equipped at present. Now, at the time of recording this podcast, the most recent update we've had is from Downing Street. It says it won't be negotiating with junior doctors until they abandon their start point of 35%. Preparations have been underway for a presidential visit, a huge security operation uh, in Northern Ireland. Joe Biden will touch down in Northern Ireland, has probably already arrived by the time you're listening to this, for the 25th anniversary celebration of the Good Friday Agreement. So that was the deal which ended the Troubles, which was a violent conflict in Northern Ireland lasting decades. Thousands of people were killed. Well, ahead of this visit, there have been problems and violence in Londonderry. Petrol bombs, a police car on fire and Republican paramilitary flags up. So uh, it's been tense at times. And to add to that, the Irish government isn't currently functioning. So the processes which were put in place 25 years ago to end the troubles aren't exactly working. 
Well, the British Prime Minister's hoping the President's visit will help. And actually, before he's even arrived in Northern Ireland, Joe Biden's pledge that his country, well, I'm quoting here, help preserve peace and encourage prosperity. So what's the trip going to look like? Well, Professor Deirdre Heenan is a professor of social policy at Ulster University. Now, that's where President Biden's going to be visiting. I think, though, that his visit will act as a stimulant to political progress and, importantly for us, economic prosperity. Delivering peace is much, much more than ending violence. Peace is built on a shared vision. We want stable government. We want social cohesion. So, yes, I think many people are hoping that he will urge our politicians to redouble their commitment to peace. Peace is fragile and our peace process has stagnated. But I think he is coming with the intention of talking to us about prosperity, the prospects for the future. Well, do tune back in tomorrow where we'll be giving you an update on what happened after Biden's arrival. Look, now they can beat us at chess and write our essays, but can AI come up with better ideas than us? Just to give you a bit of an example, try to think of the best alternative use for a car tyre. Hula hoop. Oh, that would be that would be that would be tricky. You'd have to be very thin. While you're mulling over that, there's been some research out of the UK and Germany. Researchers set up a creativity contest to pit humans against robots, and unfortunately, we didn't fare well. New AIs came out on top. They were deemed more creative than 90% of humans. Okay, so for example, one suggestion from YouChat impressed the judges by suggesting a tyre could be shredded and used as a substitute for gravel. Definitely better than my hula hoop suggestion. But if AI can be original and generate ideas, then what does this mean for our creative jobs? Oliver Moody's The Times Berlin correspondent and says this can be an asset to us and isn't necessarily a threat. What this is really testing is your ability when you're set a very well-defined task to find as many or as original solutions as possible. So the researchers say in the short run, this is most likely to, to lead people to become more productive by providing them with suggestions for things they might not otherwise have thought of. So, for example, Dr. Harnell says he started using GPT-4 to help him generate ideas for his lectures. So I don't think we need to worry about the kind of grand process of human creativity much yet. It's just another kind of indication of how good generative AI is getting. I'm joined now by Assistant Foreign Editor Gemma Fox, who's going to tell me about what they're working on at the moment. So we've got a really good package on the Pentagon Papers. We're doing a full gut of all the various claims that have been raised, as well as some analysis on the implications for US security and how it is that so many people might have had access to this top secret information. We'll also be taking in some of the latest reaction and how the US is trying to placate its allies, particularly in South Korea as well as a behind-the-story on the Discord gaming app, which was the source of where these documents were leaked on an, a forum for Minecraft users. It's worth just giving you a bit of a flavour of what else is in The Times because so many stories and, and there's been an incredible comeback in the tiger population in India. Amazing. For the last 50 years or so, they've had, I guess you'd call it a tiger census. <laughs> the Worldwide Fund for Nature recorded just over 3,000 tigers. That's 
double the figure of 50 years ago. And to kind of give you an idea of how successful that's been, the chief executive of WWF India said it was one of the most successful species-specific conservation programmes in the world. Wow, so a great time to be a tiger. Maybe not such a great time to be Andy Murray, who's hinted that he's considering skipping the rest of the clay court season. It's after he lost his first match at the Monte Carlo Masters and he even apologised to the crowd for his play, saying the match was one of the worst of his career. Uh, Now, before we go... box office record. The film Super Mario Brothers, based on Nintendo's famous game, has beaten Frozen 2 in the box office with the most successful global opening of all time for an animated movie. It took $377 million in just its first five days after release. But you wouldn't believe it if you'd read the Times' chief film critics review. Kevin Mayer gave it two stars, describing it as fantastically charmless, emotionally bland and yet garish enough to psychologically sedate the preteen Easter audience. So why has it been such a hit then? Kevin told us that Hollywood's executives have been crafty. There is a huge pent-up demand out there for family entertainment. We're still in this post-pandemic cycle where audiences are returning to the cinema. You know, this year, your know, last year it was 35% down in pre-pandemic and more and more people are coming and it's the Top Gun Maverick vibe. Everybody wants to go to the cinema and see a blockbuster. And this film just happened to be deliciously dropped in at that moment and the Easter holidays. And if you see all the exit polls, it's families going, huge amounts of families going to this. It's an intellectual property that people are aware of. And that's what you need now for a blockbuster. But it's Hollywood. And that's why it's made 377. Nothing to do with how excruciatingly poor it is as a movie. And that's it for today's edition of The World in 10 with me, Eleanor Shearwood and Rosie Wright. Make sure to come back tomorrow for another roundup of the day's news as brought to you by The Times Correspondents.